Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Chris Gordy on Sports 1280. New Orleans. Grown-ups. In between. Churning babies. Right about now. Is your boy. You heard. Back again. DJ Manny. All right. Welcome back into the show. The Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. It's a pleasure to be joined by this guy. He's in town uh, catching some of the Saints training camp. He's going around all the uh, all across the country checking out training camps and different teams uh, and seeing how they look and uh, talking about the New Orleans Saints as they continue their training camp out here in uh, in Metairie today. Uh, Jason Braddock joins us now. Jason, what's going on, man? Oh, man, my, my pleasure. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, exciting. I mean, it's a great time of year. We got a football game tonight. I know glass half empty people are going to say, oh, that's the preseason. You're going to get Trevor Knight and Cooper Rush for the entire second half. But I watch a lot of college football, so I, I actually get geeked up for the preseason. I'm looking forward to seeing Cooper Rush and Trevor Knight go out there tomorrow night. So I know you, you're very unique. You don't watch a whole lot of college football during the season, albeit you're a Clemson fan, so you watch their games. But right. after the season's over, you go back and you watch all the film on uh, all these different prospects and all these different guys, and you evaluate your opinion based on those guys on how they'll translate to the next level right. based on that, not based on watching them throughout the season and loving on the guys who ESPN tells you to love on. I mean, you you make your evaluation completely unbiased, right? Right. Over the last uh, decade, since I've been evaluating college talent as they come to the pro, I've kind of molded my own style, and I figure that what I've found the best results in is just waiting to the end of the season. The guys declare, and I usually start mid to late January and just – crushing tape is watching as much as I can on each prospect. You can flip through there. You can see how they transitioned from a freshman if they played young, sophomore, junior year, if they went back. Because a lot of times what you'll have happen is people will live and die and become too emotionally tied to a prospect because of what happened in that last game. Or because, let's say, Deshaun Watson, you know, uh, a lot of people get carried away when they talk about Deshaun Watson and the Texans drafting him. They look at the national championship game. But when you just go and you study all the film and you put it all together, you don't get just carried away with the latest film that's out there. You evaluate it all as the same, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, let's get into some of these uh, Saints guys or guys we've actually gotten to see already a little bit in training camp, but love to get your thoughts and your evaluation. Let's start with the number 11th overall pick this year, Marshawn Lattimore out of Ohio State. Yeah, Marshawn Lattimore, I don't want to say it's funny because I'm sure Saints fans are not finding it funny right now, but the biggest question with Lattimore is if he can stay healthy throughout his entire NFL career. And He's already got some little nicks and bruises down there. I guess that's what we'll categorize (laughs) it as now. But uh, he's got the skill set. Most people had him ranked as the number one corner in the draft. I had him as the number two corner. Uh, oddly enough, it was his teammate, Garyon Conley, who I had as the number one corner in the class. But, I mean, we're splitting hairs because both of these guys were top ten talents in this draft class. So I think they the Saints got him a good one in Marshawn Lattimore. 
Hopefully he can stay healthy. But that cornerback crew with the New Orleans Saints, what's so intriguing about them is that it seems to be the common theme with health throughout right. the entire roster. <laughs> if I liked P.J. Williams coming out of Florida State. I yeah. thought he had an actual chance to be better than his teammate Ronald Darby, who found success with the Bills early on as a rookie. Struggled, had a little bit more of a sophomore slump last year. But I like P.J. Williams. Joint practices. Me and you were out there at Texan Saints joint practices last year. And I, I kept mentioning to you, there were two guys that really jumped out to me. A wide receiver, Tommy Lee Lewis, kid can fly. Mm-hmm. And then Ken Crawley. And and everything I'm hearing from Saints camp is that Ken Crawley is coming back out in year two and has a little bit more confidence to go with his skill set. So I'm very intrigued to see how his career path goes. Yeah, and I think Ike Taylor from the NFL Network came out recently and praised P.J. Williams as well. And then the guy that, you know, he's a Louisiana guy that, that everyone loves to, to love on is Delvin Bro. The oh, same yes. thing with him. It's just battling injuries. That's it. Uh, great, great point. Delvin Bro had to go an untraditional path to the CFL, as most Saints fans know, comes into the NFL and when this guy's been healthy with the Saints, I mean, he's been, I hate using the word lockdown corner, but if there is a true lockdown corner, Delvin Bro is probably the most underrated guy that's close to that tier, if that makes sense. So Delvin Bro, P.J. Williams, Ken Crawley, and uh, let's not forget the Texas kid, uh, Kenny Vaccaro at safety. I mean, if this defense can get on path to play into their potential or getting close to where it's not so contrasting to the offense. I mean, because Breeze will go out there and make anybody, any receivers look good. Oh, so. it's, top, it's top five every year, Phil. Yeah, like. yeah, I mean, like 5,000 5, passing yards for Drew Breeze is me and you waking up in the morning. <laughs> so, I mean, it really doesn't matter who it is. Devery Henderson, Robert Meacham, Marcus Colson. Throw guys out there, Drew Breeze is going to find them. So, you don't worry about the offense. If the defense can get closer and close that gap with the offense, I think Kenny Vaccaro becomes a household name. Uh, New Orleans fans, obviously, they know him. Texas fans, they know him. But nationally, I, I don't think they understand the talent that Kenny Vaccaro has. It's an interesting thing with him because he's going to have to be paid pretty soon. Mm. They took Von Bell last year in the second round to be the free safety. And then the second round this year, they take Marcus Williams. Uh, some people are kind of think, I mean, he, that he's still a free safety. They brought back Raphael Bush, who's been around a while and was a former Saint at one time. But it's an interesting dynamic. I wonder if one of those guys, they try to push to, to strong safety eventually and say, hey, Kenny Vaccaro, you've been great, but we're not going to pay you. And maybe now they have the two young guys in Von Bell and Marcus Williams to be able to, to be the cheap labor. It's, it's an excellent point. But with the salary cap going up almost $10 million every year and how – the Saints have struggled to find those foundation pieces on the defense. Yeah, maybe maybe you haven't heard some of the bad contracts they've given yeah. through the years. Jairus Bird, Junior Gallette. I mean, there's just been it's been one after the yeah, other. Yeah, the Jairus Bird contract that's not going to go on the wall of things that you brag about in New Orleans. <laughs> um, one thing that will go on the wall, obviously, Cam Jordan. I, I love this guy uh, in Houston. You know, obviously, work for Sports Talk Seven Ninety KBME in, in Houston, and. Uh, Texans fans weren't too happy. When J.J. came out in the draft, I didn't have him as the number one prospect. I had a mid-first-round grade on him, but it was crazy that I actually had Cam Jordan ranked higher than J.J. Watt. So it it lets you know what I thought about Cam. I had a top-10 grade on Cam Jordan. I had like a top-15 mid-first-round grade on J.J. Watt. So it just goes to show you the type of talent Cam Jordan has. Obviously, J.J.'s had a better career, but let's not slight Cam Jordan on what he's done. And now you give him an 
interior talent. One of the biggest disappointments for me, because I'm not a fan of any team. I love the entire NFL, and obviously I love these rookie prospects that come in. One of the most disappointing things for me in 2016 was seeing Sheldon Rankins go down, because that guy is an absolute beast. Yeah. And they have that type of interior pressure uh, coming from that. I, I believe they're using him as the three, tick, the three technique, if I'm not mistaken. To have that as a one-gap penetrator right there with Cam Jordan on the outside, uh, Haloki Kikakaha coming coming back as well. Um, not only that, I'm excited for the Saints defensive line, but I'm also intrigued to see how the linebackers shake out because they've tried so many different things. Yeah, well, real quick on the D-line. They bring in Alex Okafor. They're really hoping they can get something out Another of him. Another Texas kid. But Sheldon Rankins, I mean, down the stretch last year when he finally did get on the field was incredible, and it was the dynamic of him playing next to Nick Fairley. And that yes. sucks. That's a blow oh, that's that really hurts because Nick Fairley, they brought him back, and he had a great year last year. And I think that, that line, if you would have had Cam Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, Nick Fairley, and then whoever coming off the edge, Kakaha or whoever, I think that's pretty formidable. Now you got to find another guy. And look, Tony McDaniel's been in there. David Onyemata, we've heard good things about so far in this camp. Maybe he can be that guy to step in and, and, and take that spot. They got Tyler Davidson. They got a little bit of depth there, but not yeah, guys Tyler that Davidson. you can rely on. Obviously, New Orleans people, New Orleans media, everyone knows Tyler Davidson. But uh, I, I think you plug him in at that one technique. Rankin's at that three technique. Cam uh, Cam Jordan outside. Kikakaha outside. And you mentioned earlier, I'm a Clemson fan. I thought, you know, so I, I'll admit when I'm wrong, I thought Stephon Anthony would be a perfect NFL mid, uh, middle linebacker. He didn't succeed early in his career in that role, so now I think they're kicking him out the weak side linebacker, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, I, the guy's got the talent to to play at the NFL level. You have to find uh, what's the best role for them with the other guys you bring in. Uh, they've been throwing bodies at those linebacker positions and it just hasn't caught a lot of traction. With this defensive line, I think you, you get an extra plus two if you will to go video game there on your linebackers, on each of your linebackers just by the benefit of playing behind this defensive line. So the, the shakeup that they made, they, they brought in um, in the offseason they bring in A.J. Klein from Carolina. They've already said they think he's going to be the signal caller in the, in, on the defense. They they like him a lot. And look, he was stuck behind some pretty big names in Carolina. <laughs> right, so, right. you know, it doesn't mean just because he wasn't starting in Carolina doesn't mean that he, he lacked talent. If you're a Saints fan, you're praying for them to have found a form of osmosis in Carolina <laughs> the last couple years being behind Shaq Thompson, Luke Keekley, and Thomas Davis. Right. But but they everything they've they've said so far they like AJ Klein, Craig Robertson is just a guy that guy just every everywhere the ball is he's there I mean he's the guy just plays his butt off you like him uh, they've been really impressed with Alex Alec Anzalone so far out of oh, Florida love that kid not afraid to put his helmet down and come stick a running back coming through the hole and has coverage ability at that inside linebacker spot he has coverage ability and that's something the Texans had been lacking down here in Houston so there in New Orleans you got a linebacker that gives you coverage ability can stop the run and has some range aj klein uh, he's got the mentality and he has the physicalness to play the role he just doesn't have the range that you want from your traditional middle linebackers right uh just two other names uh nate stupar is another one who uh has showed showed a little bit and then manti teow is the one that you really don't know what you can get in him i mean look he was a, a high Played at a high level in college, albeit whatever was going on off the field with him. Right, but uh, it's hard to leave it alone. I'm yeah. trying. I'm, I'm forcing myself not to make a joke. It's but, old, so I'm forcing but myself. At times, he played well in San Diego. I think the big thing yeah. with him was just inconsistent. 
Yeah, and, and Manti Teo, you look at some of these linebackers that the Saints have added, and there's a lot of similar traits in them. Like Manti Teo, A.J. Klein, they're not going to really help you out too much in defending the pass. But against the run, these are guys plug and play. You throw in there, they can come up there, fill some gaps, help stop the run. And then you that's where you get added value from a Stephon Anthony and an Alex Anzalone, where these guys have that athleticism, coverage ability, and sideline-to-sideline type range. Maybe not in the truest form of sideline-to-sideline range. I'm not comparing them with the greats of the game. But uh, in that same uh, vein, they they will give you that a little bit more range than you're getting from the Kleins and the Teos of the world. But those guys will bring the physicality to the to the run defense. One more guy on defense, and then we'll we'll switch over to talk about the offense. Trey Hendrickson, guy they took in the uh, in Love the him. third round. You like him? Uh, yeah, I like him. Uh, it's these small school prospects, him and Dylan Donahue with the Jets. These small school pass rushers. Uh, I think the guys Samson Ekabon from Eastern Washington. Everyone knows Cooper Cup came out of Eastern Washington, but his tem- teammate Samson Ekabon. Uh, Dylan Donahue, these guys right here, these small school draft prospects, uh, pass rushers, for some reason, they tend to fall in the draft uh, more than other tradition. Like you'll see a small school wide receiver still going the first or second round, but these pass rushers, for whatever reason, it seems like teams are skeptical about them and you get great value. So, I mean, this is a, it's a home run signer for the Saints. I think Hendrickson, even though he might not give it to you in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, this is a, a crazy. ROI value, return on investment value for the Saints in this pick. That's interesting. So you think maybe not so much this year, but as he learns the system, learns under Dennis Allen, that he's going to be a player down the road. Confidence. When most players coming out of college, it's about uh, skill set and athletic ability. When these guys coming out of small schools, they they traditionally have that. If you have NFL level to where NFL teams are evaluating and drafting you from a small school, the talent's not the question. It's the confidence. And that's anyone's guess. Everybody's DNA makeup so severely different. But when that confidence uh, just clicks for these small school players, sky's the limit. He is Jason Braddock, our NFL insider, jumping in studio with us. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to switch over to the offensive side of the ball and talk about that with Jason Braddock right here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Don't go anywhere. The Chris Gordy Show on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Slow motion for me. Slow motion for me. Moving slow motion for me. All right, welcome back in to the Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280, New Orleans. NFL insider Jason Braddock sitting in studio with us, talking a little bit about Saints training camp, some of the rookies, and some of the uh, offseason acquisitions the Saints have uh, have made. And, uh, um, Let's switch over to the offensive side of the ball. We talked defense last segment. Uh, sticking with the first-round pick, Ryan Ramchick. The situation the Saints are in right now, uh, Teron Armstead out for at least at least a good bit of the season. Uh, we keep hearing word that he's likely to come back you know, before the season ends, so that's a good sign. Uh, Max Unger has been banged up, although he was back out of practice yesterday, so that's a, that's a good sign as well. Maybe he could be back uh, sooner rather than rather than later. But for the time being, they got to move some things around. Down the stretch last year, they moved Andrus Pete to uh, to left guard. Seemed to be a lot better in that position than he was at left tackle, getting beat constantly. But everything we've heard so far out of out of Ryan Ramchick is that he's performed well. Look, he's made some rookie mistakes, and that's going to happen with with a guy a rookie in his first few days of training camp. But everybody says he looks the part, and he's even beaten some of the guys in one-on-one. They said him against Sheldon Rankins, he held his own a couple times. What do you like about Ryan Ramchick? 
I don't have the most glowing praise for him just because there, there was he was so highly talented, touted coming out of college. And I think this draft class for tackles was was very weak, one of the weakest offensive line, offensive tackle classes that I can remember. So I think these guys, Garrett Bowles, Ryan Ramshack, these guys got pushed up to another tier than what I believe their play is on. That being said, I think Ramshack can be a quality guard. I think with the injuries, the Saints could try him at tackle like they did with with Andrus Pete and I think he can play tackle. I got to be careful with the way I word this. Um not play style but skill trajectory. I think at tackle we could see Ramscheck have a Jake Matthews type of uh career to where early on as a rookie there'll be sometimes where you're like I don't know if this guy's going to get it and he'll struggle and then at other times you'll see the light go on and we're like okay well maybe this guy can play at that level. So I think if we look at career path at tackle Ramscheck probably falls somewhere in between on the low end of Raleigh Reef to a high end Jake Matthews but I think where the value is is just like with Andrews Pete, that if uh, when Taron Armstead comes back and Zach Streif's there at your right tackle, it, getting Rams check on the interior of that offensive line with Unger and Pete, I think that's where the true value lies in, in the first-round pick. Yeah, and I wonder if long-term, I mean, it feels like this may be Zach Streif's Final year, I mean, he's he's not the mo not the best, not the most consistent there at right tackle. Right. But you know, maybe when Armstead comes back, maybe that allows you to flip either he or or uh, Ramchick over to right tackle, and then then you kind of have your offensive line set for the next few years with Onger at center. Uh, and then maybe if Streif does stick around and comes back next year, maybe he's that swing tackle. He could be that number, that sixth guy that Sean Payton loves to put that extra tackle right. out there for in run-blocking schemes. But the guy they brought in in the offseason to play right tackle, Larry Warford, I know you were really high on. Oh, love Larry Warford. Uh, I, I, I was surprised to see uh, Detroit move on from him uh, after that rookie contract was up because this guy, there was a guy who came out of Miami, Ohio, who carried – 330 plus pounds to 350 pounds as I would carry 200 pounds and I'm 6'1". So, I mean, he just carried it so effortlessly. And uh, that guy was Brandon Brooks and he was a mauler, but he was light. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On his toes. That's what I see with Larry Warford. He's not as light on his toes as Brandon Brooks is, but he's a mauler. And now that you've got this backfield with Adrian Peterson, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, and even the Woodlands kid Daniel Lasco, I kind of feel bad for him being buried behind that trio. But uh, you're not worried about this Saints running rushing attack. And if this offensive line can click and uh, they build the chemistry early, Running, having that trio run behind a mauler like a Larry Warford will just make Drew Brees' job so much easier. And maybe you can extend his career for another couple years. The thing we've seen a lot early on so far in camp is a lot of screens. Yeah. Running a lot of screen game with Adrian Peterson, Mark Ingram, and even Kamara. And that's something he did well at Tennessee. The big thing we want to see out of this offense is more balance, and I think Sean Payton has said that for years. Yeah. They don't just want to be a, a throw it for 300 to 400 yards a game team, but you go back to that 09 season when the Saints won the Super Bowl, 
they were balanced. I mean, there were some games where Drew Brees threw for under 250. Yeah. But they ran the ball with Mike Bell, with Pierre Thomas, and they got a lot of ground, a lot of yards on the ground. If Adrian Peterson is healthy, mm-hmm. I mean, they could get back to that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And as a fantasy football nerd, uh, yourself included as well. I'm ecstatic just that hopefully this means no more games with multiple touchdowns for John Kuhn coming out the backfield. (laughs) He is back at fullback. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, Adrian Peterson. Listen, these old guys, let's look at the guys who are getting a little bit long in the tooth. Adrian Peterson, Marshawn Lynch, Jamal Charles. I'm buying stock in them. And usually I sell, sell, sell on older running backs in the NFL. Adrian Peterson is the exception. He's not the rule. Marshawn Lynch, he doesn't have as much left in the tank as Adrian Peterson, but you put him behind that offensive line in Oakland, which is right up there with the Tennessees and the Dallases of the world as far as offensive line talent, I think Marshawn Lynch goes off. I think Adrian Peterson uh, makes people look foolish for thinking he was washed up in Minnesota. You look at his tape in Minnesota last year, even though it was a short sample size, The offensive line was so brutal. The guy still showed vision, explosion, power, speed, everything. The Saints got a steal in Adrian Peterson. I think he's a double-digit touchdown guy, which wouldn't be saying much when we talk about Adrian Peterson because he almost does that every year when there's not an injury. But the way people are writing this guy off, this is a Hall of Famer. This is a guy who is in the conversation of top five best running backs of all time. Typically, we don't like to crown current players, so you don't when you talk, who's the five best running backs? You talk Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, these type of guys, Earl Campbell. Uh, Adrian Peterson is, make no mistake about it, is definitely in that conversation. And if this line can give him the protection and playing with a quarterback like Drew Brees <laughs> with Michael Thomas outside, oh, man, it's, it's, I'm excited. Probably, probably Adrian Peterson in a Saints uniform rushing in fantasy is probably one of the top storylines I'm looking forward to for this fantasy football and, season. And the other thing that should get fans excited is, it's Mark Ingram. Whenever he's faced adversity, Absolutely. whenever he's been pushed, yeah. that guy steps up. He does. And so that'll be really interesting to see from that dynamic. Because if they're going with Peterson, he's running wild, Ingram's going to say, every time I get the ball, i got to make my opportunity show. And I think I, it could mean really good things for the Saints this year. Absolutely. You have Mark Ingram in a role that I are, I should say, in an expected role to where this guy can go out there and be what uh, Chris Ivory was, can be what Tim Hightower was with much more talent. Right. I mean, you're putting Mark Ingram in that type of role. So he's coming in fresh with his physical style. And then Alvin Kamara. Uh, you talk about the added screens. R- that, that r- r- Real quick to the point with Kamara. Wasn't happy with what they gave up to get him. Yeah. Giving up a, what, a second rounder next year to go get into the third to get him. Right. I wasn't happy with it, but after it's done, it's done. Exactly. So when you take Take the player in Kamara. I, I, it's amazing that he fell that far because there were some people saying he was the back end of a first round. There were a lot of people saying that. Uh, in the in this fit, I like him in this fit with New Orleans better than probably ninety percent of the other situations that he could have fell to. Sh- Sean Payton, by the way, the other day compared him to Marshall Falk. I mean, wow. that's high praise already. I'll pump the brakes on that a little his bit. Intelligence, <laughs> his intelligence. His intelligence is what Not so much his. The, the element of Marshall Falk's game that you'll see as a rookie in Alvin Kamara is his receiving ability. Uh, all those screens you're talking about, I think you're not asking. If I'm Sean Payton, I'm not asking Alvin Kamara to come in there and take carries away from Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram. I want Alvin Kamara to get five to ten targets a game. 
in the passing in, in the passing game. You're sitting here and you're wondering, all right, so how do we fill that void left from Brandon Cook's trade? And you bring in Ted Ginn. He'll be better. I mean, Ted Ginn, he's going to have drops. Yeah, That's who Ted Ginn who is. is. But he showed value in Carolina with Cam. If you can show deep ball value with Cam Newton, trust me, you can show deep ball yeah. value with one of the best all time at throwing the deep ball and Drew Brees. And you got Michael Thomas outside. Well, a lot of that void picked up from the Brandon Cook, Cooks trade is going to be filled, in my view, with Alvin Kamara out the backfield. And I think that's why you see the increase in screen passes. That, that's what I was going to get to next, the, the pass catchers. Michael Thomas came on incredible right. rookie season Insane. for him last year. Brandon Coleman is a guy who's been around and everything I've heard so far so far through camp he's caught everything. Has not had one That's, drop. Willie Sneed is another guy who right. opt, you know opted in took his minimum contract whatever it is. He's back. You talk about those three guys and then you add a Ted Ginn as much as everyone hated to see the Brandon Cooks move happen, yeah. I think they and I hate to compare it to New England, but for years, we've seen Tom Brady get it done with whoever's at receiver. Same thing with Drew Brees. Right. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. Marcus Colston, I think, is the only receiver that they've really given big money to in the past, in, in recent years. Robert Meacham, they let him walk. Devery Henderson eventually let him walk. I mean, a lot of these guys, they just... Colston hey, was smart to stay. Right. Eventually, it's, hey, we're just going to move on. We'll plug and play. We'll put somebody else in there. You know, as much as people were angry with the Brandon Cooks trade when it went down, I think now you look at it in hindsight, you go, look, with that trade, you were able to add Ryan Ramchick, who could be a bookend tackle for you for years to come. And yeah. you go and pick up Ted Ginn, who may be a little bit of a downgrade from Cooks, but at least gives you but that you know vertical threat. you know what's crazy threat. about that, though? And this, is going to, this may sound insane August 2nd, you know, but at the end of the season, go back in and match this up. I would almost bet... At the end of this year, Ted Ginn's numbers, maybe not in receptions, obviously not in receptions, but when we talk yards and touchdowns, mm-hmm. I will almost bet that Ted Ginn's number will not be that far off and could be on par with Brandon Cooks from 2016. Uh, I've, I've been saying, i got to bet with Michael, that he's going to have a 1,000-yard season. Yeah. It's going to be tough, yeah. but he had close to 800 the past two seasons with Cam Newton. All it takes is one of those one or two of those deep balls to catch. That's and, what he does. You know, and, and and as much as Drew Brees, uh, the Saints and Drew Brees pass, uh, if he drops one or two, it, it, Drew Brees will come right back to you. I mean, we saw it with Fleener last year, with Kobe Fleener. That's what I wanted to get to next because so many times last year, Drew Brees and Kobe Fleener were not on the same page. At all. And if you're not on the same page as Drew Brees, guess whose fault it is? <laughs> it's not on Drew Brees' fault. Right. So, I mean, so many times. I mean, uh, there were times where they're down on the goal line. Drew Brees is throwing an in. Fleener's running an out. I mean, it's obvious they were not on the same page. But another offseason together, then they try to work things out. Do you think Fleener bounces back this year? I can't buy it, and this is why. Let me uh, peel back the curtain a little bit here. So in fantasy last year, I put out the rankings, and I was all over Fleener just because it's Drew Brees. The Jimmy Graham effect. The Jimmy Graham, all that. I mean, we're talking about a 6'6", 250-plus guy that can fly down the field, and you looked at what he did at Stanford with Andrew Luck on those seam routes. And the way Breeze just has perfect ball placement on seam routes, it was a hand-and-glove fit. And you know what Johnny Cochran says about that. So, I mean, (laughs) so my thing was I thought that Breeze would just light it up. But like you said, every time I cut on the game and I go back and study the film, I would see five targets, one catch for eight yards or something (laughs) insane like that. And I'm like, all right, so what's happening? So I'd go study the film. And like you said, just miss pass here, miscommunication here. And you want to give them the benefit of the doubt because of Drew Brees, but uh, I, I'm not. I'm not dipping my toe in that water with Fleener. I'm not betting on it. 
sticking with the tight ends real quick. Josh Hill comes back. They got Who Man still in, in, in the fold. Do you think they'll be okay as far as the tight ends go? And then to the receivers, we kind of touched on his name, but Michael Thomas, can he repeat what he did in his rookie year? Yeah, I, I missed on Michael Thomas coming out. I had a, I want to say like a third round grade on him. He made me look foolish for that. I mean, he. <laughs> well, he, a lot of it's a situation. If he goes third round to yeah. San Diego, he maybe he's not having the year that he had last yeah, year. Yeah, and, and one thing, uh, it, it's funny. I saw him more as a possession receiver. You didn't see tons of separation. But we're starting to see here lately, and it's funny because he actually had a relationship. I didn't know this when he was coming out of college with DeAndre Hopkins, but that's the comp I would make as far as in this regard. They're obviously not apples to apples. But in this regard, you look at Michael Thomas at Ohio State and you look at DeAndre Hopkins at Clemson. And for those who remember that insane bowl game, LSU versus Clemson, uh, where Hopkins went insane, on college film, you don't see a ton of separation. Those guys traditionally struggle at the NFL, but they, you know, maybe they're going to have an Anquan Bolden type where there's not a ton of yak. uh, And. As they get a little long in the tooth, the speed becomes even more of a crutch. Uh, but with DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas, their route run is so precise and their catch radius is so wide that they overcome all of that even at the NFL level. So, yeah, I swung and missed on Michael Thomas. Uh, and like you said, Drew Brees factors into it, but take nothing away from Michael Thomas. This guy's catching everything. His route run is on point, and I think he's going to be a force uh, to reckon with. And, yeah, I, I expect him to put up. Hate to keep going back to fantasy but i think so many people play fantasy it's easier to paint the picture i think he puts up uh wide receiver one type numbers again with drew Brees. he's passing for five thousand yards this year yeah. it's going to somebody let me uh, throw out a couple more names Corey fuller is a guy who's impressed some people the the former watch out Lion. ted again i'm glad you brought up Corey fuller because watch out ted again because if hit doesn't click early for again fuller can sneak in there and steal some of those reps and become that nine route deep ball threat uh, I mean, this guy comes from a family that's just stacked with DNA. Kyle Fuller's his brother, first-round cornerback in Chicago. Kendall Fuller, cornerback in Washington that was drafted. And Corey Fuller, uh, he's not a polished wide receiver, but neither is Ted Ginn, and Fuller can fly. So I, I don't think he overtakes Ginn, but I think he can eat into some of those reps if Ginn has an quote-unquote off day. Any thought on Traven Durrell out of LSU? Uh, you know, it's funny. Malachi Dupree got most of the uh, press coming out of LSU, but I had Darrell rated slightly higher than uh, Malachi Dupree. Uh, Darrell, I don't think he makes it. It's so tough with Drew Brees because he can just catch <laughs> on with somebody. Uh, Trevor Darrell, I think he's probably more of a practice, practice squad, squad guy. Okay. And, uh, they keep him there for a couple years, but as things develop there, he could – turn into a possession type wide receiver number two type in the NFL but I I don't think he has huge upside anything and then Tommy Tommy Lee Lee Lewis that was going to be the last one I brought up yeah Tommy Lee Lewis uh, this guy like I said when I watched him in person last year with the Texans and if you knew anything about that Texans team last year cornerbacks was was rich Jonathan Joseph Kevin Johnson AJ Boyer uh, Kareem Jackson and Tommy Lee Lewis showed no issue at all in flying past all level the dude's got great speed and i'm intrigued i don't want to make some grandiose statement of what he's going to do this year but i'm intrigued to see his development and see if he can add on to the flashes he showed last year 
last thing, quarterback. They bring back Chase Daniel, knows the system, familiar with Drew Brees, familiar with Sean Payton. So I think that's a pretty good pickup there. I think a little bit of an upgrade over the McCown, who had been around here a while. But as we start to talk about quarterback of the future, Garrett Grayson's a guy they spent a third-round pick on two years ago. It hasn't worked out with Garrett Grayson. And they bring in Ryan Nassib, who's been with the Giants the past couple years right. out of Syracuse. I think Nassib has a, better, a pretty good shot to knock out Grayson and be the number three quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that would surprise me. Uh, Nassib inside of 10 yards could be deadly. I mean, he'll fire that ball through, <laughs> through your chest. But outside of 10 yards, the accuracy goes to poop. Um, as far as Garrett Grayson, I studied the film. Normally, you know, during the draft process, there'll be tons of prospects that I'm so far off from the national consensus. And if I'm off as far as I was with Garrett get Grayson, I'll go back to the film because there were people, if you remember, they're talking about, oh, you know, this guy's back of the first round talent or at least <laughs> second round talent. And I didn't see it. So I went back to the film three times with Garrett Grayson. All I could come away with is that people was falling in love with, with the window shopping. And what I mean by that is you walk past the window shop. When you go by and you're window shopping, everything's put up perfectly. They take the creases out, every hair's in place and all that. He looks the part. But then when you watch the film, the accuracy wasn't there because you're playing at Colorado State and there's some lesser competition. There's five and ten yard windows, so it doesn't have to be like, let's say, on a nine route, the ball's not on the outside shoulder. The guy's holding up and uh, waiting and the cornerback's closing the gap and he's leaping up. I saw that way too often. It's too many inconsistencies. So, yeah, it wouldn't, to, to your point, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Saints start off in September and Garrett Grayson's not on the depth chart. So my, my last question for you is we look and i've posed this to a bunch of different people i'd like to get a different perspective the four first round picks Mm -hmm. from this season in the nfc south who makes the biggest impact where the saints took marshawn Lattimore, the carolina panthers took christian mccaffrey the tampa bay bucks took oj howard and then the atlanta falcons took tack mckinley of those four who has the biggest impact this year i'll rank them in this order fourths tack mckinley three marshawn Lattimore. This is tough. O.J. Howard and Christian McCaffrey is tough. I know you think they're I, both going to have big years. I, I I had a higher grade on O.J. O.J.'s a freak. O.J. Yeah. Howard, I had a top five grade on him. And you look at what Jameis Winston did at Florida State when he had a six five target in Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin was two forty. O.J. Howard weighs more, runs faster, catches better, <laughs> runs better around. And you also got Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. I want to say O.J. Howard because I have a higher grade on him. But that's not a slight at Christian McCaffrey, and it's the running back position. Everyone's going to talk about McCaffrey's route running and hands and speed and elusiveness. The thing that's being left out is that last year, when you watched Le'Veon Bell in games, All the announcers said the same thing. He's going to remake the running back position because he would almost come to a complete stop, have explosion, vision, and instincts. And I kept saying, I would scream at the top of the lungs, like, yes, but you have to find, to implement Le'Veon Bell's style, you have to find another running back that has his vision, his patience, his instincts, and explosion on the first step because at the NFL level, there's not too many running backs that can come to a complete stop, read and process that information, and make the move and have the speed on the burst to get through it. Christian McCaffrey is that guy. So, And I'll say it. Because he's a white running back, nobody's talking about him as a pure running back. Mm -hmm. But as a pure running back, he's the closest thing to someone who can implement Le'Veon Bell style. So I'll put my money on Christian McCaffrey this year. Wow.
That's big stuff there from uh, Jason Braddock. I know you do a lot of fantasy football stuff. Is there a sleeper this year? Is there somebody nobody's talking about in fantasy football? Jamal Williams, running back, Green Bay Packers. Everyone is talking up Ty Montgomery. Love Montgomery coming out because I thought he could play running back, could play wide receiver. He gave you different skill set, but I thought he would stay at wide receiver. Ty Montgomery is not of the same skill set as a pure running back as Jamal Williams. Uh, A couple years ago, I had two running backs with a first-round grade, Todd Gurley and David Johnson. Everyone thought I was out of my mind for David Johnson. (laughs) I went out and drafted David Johnson in every fantasy league, never looked back. Jamal Williams is that guy this year. Wow. That's uh, that's good stuff there from Jason Braddock, our NFL insider. He'll be joining us throughout the uh, NFL season. He's bouncing around to a bunch of different training camps, uh, taking it all in. Jason, appreciate the time, man. Oh, man, it's always fun. Love to get in there, break it down. Football game. Football is back tonight. We'll uh, take a quick break. We'll be back. Chris Gordy Show on Sports 1280. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.